Welcome to the Passionate Latina Podcast, where we dive deep into everyday life stories and experiences. In each episode, you'll hear from me and my guests sharing our unique journeys, challenges, and triumphs, from small victories to life-changing moments, from relationships, careers, to health and spirituality. I believe that every story has the power to inspire and connect us. Whether you're looking for inspiration, guidance, or simply a relatable voice to connect with, we hope our conversations will make you laugh and leave you feeling uplifted and empowered. So sit back, relax, and join me on this journey of discovery and connection as we dwell into the wonderful messiness of being a human. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Passionate Latina Podcast. This is your sassy and spicy host, Melanie, and I am so excited to have you guys join me again this week as usual. I am recording the night before it airs. Y'all already know this is just the way it happens. It is Sunday evening. It's actually like, I think like 8.30. Let me look. Yeah, it's 8.34 to be exact. Um, So <laughs> here we are. I don't know what day you guys are going to be listening, but you know that we always air on Monday mornings. And so, yeah. If you guys have not followed me on Instagram or TikTok, we have our own Instagram page for The Passionate Latina. Also, my personal page, if you want to join me there, is Loving Me Being Me. And I do a lot of story updates um, on there and just a lot of pretty normal stuff, I guess, and post a lot of stuff about my personal life. And then I'm still not getting good at posting on my <laughs> podcast Instagram, y'all. Um if you have been following me for a while and listening to my podcast or even follow me on social media, listen to my story, y'all know that I've had a crazy saga happened um, in September, the beginning of September, and the saga is ended, y'all. It is ended. If you know, you know what I'm talking about. It is about my car being stolen. <laughs> And if you're not aware, you can go back a couple episodes. I talk about it a little bit from like from that episode on, but we finally purchased a vehicle. Like last week when I talked about it, we thought we purchased a vehicle. We had purchased one online and I don't remember if I updated you guys. I don't think so. Let me think. I don't remember. But anyways, that, oh no, because my husband had purchased it that day, that Sunday. But when we spoke with the dealership on Monday, the car wasn't even on the lot. What the hell? Like, y'all, we even uh, drove all the way to Rosenberg, Texas. And my husband works in Humble. It's about an hour and 15 minute drive after work to go look at a vehicle that they said was on the lot. That one wasn't on the lot either. These car dealerships be scamming and scheming, y'all. But... Our car saga is over. We actually purchased a vehicle from the very first dealership that we went to from the very beginning. I ended up purchasing the vehicle I wanted in the second choice color that I wanted. And I'm so excited to have a car and not have to rely on rentals, Uber, bus, or anybody else. So that saga is done, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but I had a pretty normal week uh, besides work and business stuff. Uh, regular everyday life stuff happening. Y'all know I don't have little kids. I have young adults as children. And so my life is completely different from when I had little ones, obviously. And um, so it's very quiet during the week. If um, 
I'm at work. Larissa's at work. Darnell's at work. I work from home majority of the time. Uh, Larissa goes to school a couple days out of the week, and she also got a really cool new job. She got contracted with a, um, an ISD to choreograph their show choir Christmas production. Um, so that's pretty neat. If you don't know, she is a full-time college student. She's getting her degree in fine arts with a focus in dance and also she's double majoring. She's also getting her degree in education. She actually has to start studying for her um, exams to become a certified for her certification teacher. So she has that going on. And um, Xavier came home this weekend. We had a bit of band competition. He's if for high school, he's um, tech for one of the high schools, he's percussion tech. And then also the alma mater was hosting where they graduated from hosting the um, area competition, which they do every year. And so I went to go support him and the alma mater, which was really great because his alma mater is actually going to state. It's a pretty big deal. They haven't been since 2018. So it's pretty neat. They did a really awesome job. We got to see Jada this weekend, Xavier's girlfriend. So it was a pretty busy an eventful weekend. We also had our grandkids today. So that's always fun. They do keep us on our toes. They're two and three and they're absolutely fantastic. Um, the two-year-old, her name is Skylar. And then there's Matthew. He's a three-year-old, their brother and sister. And they're just so cute together. Skylar calls her brother Bubba because that's what they call him. So if she doesn't see him, she's like, Bubba, Bubba, Bubba. Like, where's Bubba? And they're both fully potty trained. Um, so that's great. But so it was a very eventful weekend. Our weeks are usually not as eventful as they have been because of the car situation. They're usually very chill and mellow. Um, I'm still trying to figure out, like, what to do during the week, like, go join a yoga class or anything of that nature. I haven't really, after the car situation, I just kind of put that on pause. So now we're starting back up again. I did go out, like I said, on my last episode with my girlfriend on Sunday. That was so much fun. I absolutely had the best time ever and looking forward to hanging out again. This weekend is Halloween weekend. My sister Cindy is hosting a Halloween party, a family event. So we're going to have that. And then my son's girlfriend's birthday, Eric's girlfriend's birthday is October 30th, but we're doing like a birthday dinner Sunday evening. So we have a pretty packed weekend too coming up, which kind of makes me think I need to record my podcast this week. Holy crap. I need to write that down. Anyways, um, Today, our topic is going to be continuing. We're doing part two of becoming a mom, being a teen mom, becoming a mom at 15. And um, last week, I discussed uh, my first two sons, first the first two children that were born, um, Eric and Ferris. Believe it or not, Eric's first name is Darnell. He's named after his dad. So it's Darnell Eric Cole III. And then Ferris is Ferris Matthew Kegler Cole. He also carries his grandfather's last name and his great grandfather's last name. So, um, our last name, my husband's last name, he took on his grandparents' last name because his grandparents pretty much raised him and adopted him. So, um, so that's why one of my children, my husband was very adamant about one of them carrying on his dad's last name. And so that's how it happened. 
I didn't fight it. <laughs> I was 17 and I was like, okay. So he's the only one that has two last names. Uh, and then my grandson has the same name too as well because he's a, he's a second, I believe. Yeah, because my son would be the first and he would, well, no. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Anyways, so I talked about a uh, majority of becoming pregnant, having an abortion after I had Eric, and then having Ferris and what that was like. Um, and I feel like I rushed through a lot of it because there's so many details and I didn't know like, what should I share? What shouldn't I share? What's important? What's not important to share? And I always do, I always tend to listen to my podcast on the day it comes out on Monday because I, I, I want to take notes on like what I could do to make the episodes better, uh, be my own, uh, what do you call it? I don't know. Critic, to be my own critic. There we go. That's the word that I was looking for. So I always try to be my own critic and I love getting feedback from other people. I've had a couple of conversations regarding this episode with others. I always enjoy the feedback from the comments and sometimes I do polls. I don't think I did a poll on the last episode. I also, just a little tidbit, added our email address. So if you want to send me questions on there and I would love to do a Q&A episode once I have enough questions, that would be fun. But so I always try to be my best, like my, my own critic first, not the best critic, but my own critic. And as I was listening, I was like, man, I wish I would have talked about this, man. I wish I would have talked about that. And then I talked to my sister. My sister is another one of like my number one critics. And like, she's, she tries to listen from the episode from the outside looking in because she's my sister. So she knows a good chunk of what I'd be talking about but not maybe all of the fine details about it, all the small details. And so she tries to listen from an aspect of not knowing who I am. She kind of shuts that role off and then she'll give me her feedback. And one of the things that she said was really hard for her is that she actually had to stop listening to it halfway through because of the relationship with my mother. Uh, my mother and I right now don't have the best relationship, but growing up, I was very close to my mom. Um, and so it really made her sad and so she had to stop listening to it. And then she listened to the rest. And I hope I don't get emotional. Like, <laughs> I don't want to cry tonight. But when I was listening to it and then talking to my sister and um, walking through it, one of the things that really got me emotional is that I was 15 when I had Eric. I was 17 when I had Ferris. And I wasn't a bad mom, but I was a teen mom. Again, like I said in the episode, I really didn't know what I was doing. I was really in survival mode, not knowing I was in survival mode. I knew that I wanted to be a great mom. I knew that I didn't want the, some of the things that happened to me, happened to them. Or I had a really, really good childhood. But at a certain point, like there were certain things that arise that I never wanted to happen for my kids. And so I did the best that I could to make sure those things didn't happen. But one of the things that... I know for a fact is when I think about it and have conversations with my two older ones, Eric and Ferris, is that I'm definitely was a different mom to Larissa and Xavier because I was a different, I was at a different point in my life. Um, I was a little bit older. And as they got older, I became a different person because I got older and wiser with age, you know, wisdom comes with age, what they say. 
and life experience. Um, so that's the one thing that I still struggle with that I'm learning to forgive myself for and allowing Eric and Ferris to have that space, even if one of them does is not wanting to talk about it. Um, I've had a really good conversations with Eric because with like, say for instance, Larissa and Eric, I mean, Larissa and Xavier, I'm sorry. There are things that we do differently that we did with Eric and Ferris. And I've apologized for some of the things that um, were not done, but some of the things of how we were and how we raised them and allow them to space to have their feelings, their emotions and have those and hold those conversations. Um, one of the things that I was talking to my sister about that made me so emotional is that I would never advise anybody to be 15 and pregnant or 15 and married. That would never be my advice. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Let me get a drink real quick. I have my nice glass of wine right here. Um, is that I'm young enough and grown enough to have those conversations that it doesn't go on for years and I'm in my 60s and 80s and the kids are older and we've never had these conversations. Um, my past, past couple of years experience has really made me have deeper conversations with the kids that allow me to have those deeper conversations. When, when I look back, I do remember the happy times of raising Eric and Ferris and the good times. We had great times. We, it wasn't a bad situation, but it definitely, there, there was so much, there was trauma too, that I pushed back under the rug like with the abortion, I wasn't able to deal with that until my mid thirties. Like my mid thirties is when I was really able to start um, digging, dissecting that, digging into it and breaking that down and being able to heal from that and not feel like the worst person in the world because I had an abortion. Like it would, I had so much shame and guilt and there was so much damage because I never really had conversations about the abortion. It was brushed under the rug. It wasn't really talked about. It was just something that was done and we just keep it moving, right? That was the mentality. Shit happens, you move forward and then you just you just keep moving forward. You don't talk about it. That was, that was the mentality. And so towards my mid thirties is when I really started to dissect it and forgive myself for it and be able to talk about it openly and not be ashamed or feel guilty or or any of those of those things um i am really proud of the person that i am today and the person that i've become i'm very proud of eric and ferris for the people who they are uh, and where they're at i never want it to be a statistic, you know, teen pregnancies come with a lot of negativity and a lot of, um, 
judgment and a lot of, especially back then when I was having kids, there wasn't chance of survival, I guess. Like, oh, what is she going to become? She's a high school dropout. She didn't finish school because back then I still wasn't finished with school. Um, I, I, I was put like in a box. I mean, I wasn't even allowed to go back to high school. We weren't allowed to be seen or, you know, things of that nature. You just, you know, let's put them somewhere else. Let's hide them somewhere else in a corner. So it, they were, it wasn't celebrated is what I mean. And I'm not saying that, I don't even know what I'm saying. If it should or shouldn't, or I know that you shouldn't be made to feel like you're dirty or that you are a failure or that you're not going to become anybody because you are a teen mom or teen parents just in general. So listening to that, like brought back all of these feelings that I've had and things that I hadn't unpacked just yet things of why I am the way I am today, why I don't allow people in my space that bring negativity or that bring judgment or are very close-minded, that are not um, optimistic. Like, I I don't need any of the other stuff around me in my life anymore. I um, know that... I brought up four amazing kids and we raised four amazing kids and they're four amazing adults, regardless of what anybody, regardless of what anybody has to say. Um, I, one thing that I don't really talk about is like me not graduating in high school. I actually got my GED and I didn't get my GED until we moved to Texas. And that was, we moved to Texas Xavier's 19, so 19 years ago. And I believe he was two by the time I got my GED. And that was a very proud moment for me because I put all that on the back burner because I was raising kids. Because they came first and I didn't have the resources. I'm not going to sit here and get a violin and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't. I didn't have the resources um, back then to, to push forward to be able to have the support, to be able to get it done. There was just so much that that just got put on the back burner because being a mom came first, then being a wife and then putting myself last. Like that's the way it's, oh, that's how it used to be is kids came first, husband, then myself. If I had any more energy time or, or anything left to give myself, which nine times out of 10, I didn't, I didn't at all. So I was very proud. Um, I joined a program here in Texas and was able to do that. And they actually had a graduation ceremony at um, the NRG Stadium. Cap and gown, the whole full nine. I remember it. This was gold. But so there are things that I've been able to accomplish, even though I became a teen mom. I absolutely love Eric and Ferris to the moon and back. And um, I have two beautiful grandkids that uh, Ferris and his wife brought into this world. The one thing that I was very adamant about when I was raising my kids is them not being a teen mom because I didn't want them to go through the same thing as I went went through. And 
when, when I know Eric, I mean, Xavier is 19. So technically he's still a teen, but we've made it. We've made it. And to me, that's a huge, huge success. Like some, it may sound ridiculous or small, but to me, it's, it's really, really huge. And so I just wanted to process that and talk about that because this is not a conversation that I have every day. Um, a lot of times when we go out, people think that Eric is my brother, Ferris is my brother, Larissa is my sister, and Xavier is my younger brother. They don't think that I'm their mom for obvious reasons, right? And so it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny. Uh, you could see them roll their eyes. It was the same way with my mom. I used to have high school boys that I went to high school ask me for my mother's number. Ill, get away from me. Gross. Oh my God. Like my whole life was like that. Oh, your mom is so fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's your sister. That's not your mother. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's what we get. Well, especially when I go out with Larissa, but I left the episode, I left on talking about getting pregnant with Larissa and how I know she's going to be like, really, mom, devastated I was, but not devastated because, oh my God, I'm not having another child, but devastated because I was like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm already overloaded. These two kids, like I have two boys. Um, I'm, I'm ready to be done, like having kids. I talked about just getting my body back, um, and being fine of where we were at as a family. And like I told you, I don't remember why my husband still never asked him, thought I was pregnant, but he told me I was pregnant. I went to the doctor's office and they confirmed that I was pregnant with my daughter uh and <laughs> i cried i cried y'all have to like really take into consideration becoming a mom at 15 becoming a mom at 17 being a wife having an abortion like trying to figure out life not even knowing how to try to figure out life like all these things going on and not knowing how this is going to work having another child Oh, excuse me. Are you serious? Are you kidding me? No, this is not happening. And um, there she was. Like, she's coming. Like, I'm pregnant. And I remember I was not happy, but I learned to embrace it. And knowing that we were keeping the baby because I wasn't having another abortion. And the day that we found out that it was a girl, I cried. I was so happy that we were having another girl. I didn't want to be the only female in the family. I, I love my boys, but I was like, I need a girl. I need a girl to balance out, to balance this out. Cause it'd be, uh, it, it, it wouldn't be number balance, but I need a female. <laughs> and after we found out we were pregnant with a girl, I think I bought every pink item available. Whatever we could afford, I purchased it. And when somebody asked me, I wanted something pink. Her wardrobe was pink, like Barbie pink, pastel pink. 
every shade of pink that you can think of, that girl had it. It was absolutely insane. And so when we had her, it was the cutest thing. I have this picture of Eric and Ferris at the hospital after I had her. And she's in the bassinet, the little bassinet that they have at the hospital. And they're sitting there like making like ninja moves because they're her protector. That's what they said. They're protecting their sister. I have it sitting in my living room. It is absolutely the cutest photo of of all. Like you can barely see her face because she's wrapped in like a burrito, has a little beanie on. You could see like her nose and and her mouth and her little chubby little cheeks. But they're just in their ninja style. Like this is my sister and I'm going to protect her. And I I was happy. I, I was very happy. We finally, we have our girl. Um, it's just going to be the five of us. And, you know, I was telling my sister the other day, I have strong memories, but then I don't have strong memories of all the kids in their childhood. I have a lot of great memories. We have a lot of photos. And I was telling my sister, like, I don't know if it's because of the the, the, the stuff that happened in between, the trauma of the stuff that happened in between. Because my husband and I were 15, he was 18. And if you think that our relationship has been roses and daisies and unicorns, you're kidding yourself and you're lying to yourself. So it was a lot of roller coasters up and down, back and forth, this and that. And so um, some of the things I think I've, my body and my mind has shut off. And that's the one thing that really bothers me and makes me sad. I was crying with my sister the other day is I, I feel like the trauma of some of that has hid like memories. I was talking to her and saying, I'm not that mom that could tell you the exact time my babies were born. <laughs> I can't tell you if it was night or day. I have to go back to the birth certificate and, and look at the time that the kids were born. I can remember the things that happened in the hospital. Um, I can remember the birth and I can remember the details of the, of giving birth to each one of my, each one of my children. There are certain things that I wish that I can remember. Does that make me a bad mom? Is that freaking weird? That I even feel that way. Is that weird? I don't know. Is there any other moms out there that don't remember the exact time your babies were born? I didn't get the joyful pregnancies. It was like pregnant survival, pregnant raising kids, pregnant. Okay, um, it was like I don't even I don't I don't have any maternity pictures like a photo shoot with any of my children. Um, I do have photos of me pregnant with my family, but nothing crazy like that, right? Um, and so I find out I was pregnant. It is a girl. Y'all, that pregnancy, <laughs> Larissa already knows it. That pregnancy was the worst pregnancy ever. The most, I gained double my weight. Um, I was on bed rest for three months. I passed out quite a few times with her, hence why I was on bed rest. I remember, I think it was once or twice, but we were walking up the stairs or downstairs of the apartment complex. And I almost passed out. My husband, like, I just remember him grabbing my back of my shirt to keep me up. Like, that pregnancy just 
ate me alive. It ate me alive. And she came into this world like a firecracker. When I gave birth to Larissa, I actually came close to dying. I was hemorrhaging. I remember them stabbing a bunch of needles in my legs, trying to get the, the blood to stop. I remember them pushing so damn hard on my stomach. I wanted to punch somebody in the fucking throat. I remember them having to pull out the uterus, the, my, my placenta, um, uterus, not pull out my uterus, my placenta, the afterbirth because it wouldn't, it wasn't coming. And the doctor literally had to reach his hand all the way up to his elbow. And mind you, I did not have an epidural. No epidural. This was natural. Um, the only one that I had at epidural was with Eric and I had bad side effects from it. So I never had another epidural again. And um, so imagine that at 17, giving birth in the epidural. And then three years later, having Larissa and it be traumatic and painful with no, no pain medication. Um, they uh, were, they said if they couldn't get my blood to start clotting and like, a minute or I don't remember the exact time that I was going to be taken into surgery. It was that bad. Um, it was very, very traumatic birthing experience. To this day, I was so scared. I was terrified. And here's the crazy part. Like you almost like you're hemorrhaging you're literally about to be wheeled into surgery and not knowing what's going to happen. And they finally able to get everything under control. Um, your blood starts clotting. <sighs> they able to get the placenta out and they have me on all these medications and things. And probably a couple hours later, I remember having to go to the restroom and I was holding Larissa in bed. And I ring the the little the little button, push the button to get the nurse and said, hey, I have to use the restroom. And you would have thought because of what just happened, it was so traumatic that they would have been like, okay, let me get a bedpan, whatever. They're like, okay, you can go to the restroom. Um, go ahead and sit up. And so I had Larissa and I sat up and I felt a little lightheaded. And I was about to get up from the bed with Larissa and Darnell goes, hand me Larissa. So I hand him Larissa. And as I'm standing up, I pass out. And the next, all I remember is I remember standing up. I don't remember passing out. I remember standing up. And the next day I know I wake up and my ass is cold because I'm laying flat. You know, those, those gowns that they give you, they don't tie in the back. I'm laying flat on my back on the hospital floor. Um, I guess they use, I don't know what it is that they snap and put under your nose to like wake you up or whatever, because I wasn't waking up. And so they got me, they woke me up and I am look up and I remember seeing Darnell holding Larissa and the nurses over me. And I'm just thankful that I handed, that, that Darnell asked me for Larissa and I handed Larissa, because otherwise I would have passed out with Larissa in my hands. And then I go back and think, why would the nurse let me go to the restroom after some, after I lost so much blood? Like I would have thought that I should have. So after that, I wasn't allowed to go to the restroom needless to say, 
um, I was bed stricken for the next 24 hours. I think I stayed in the hospital like three or four days because of that. Normally it's like 24 to 48 hours. Once they get, you know, your baby healthy. Okay. Bye. Time to go. Um, it's worse now from what I hear, but I stayed there almost probably, I want to say it could have been longer than that because they wanted to keep an eye on me, make sure everything was okay. Make sure Larissa was okay. You know, all that good stuff. But that doctor, okay. So after I had Eric, y'all heard about that traumatic doctor, Ferris here, here's where I don't remember. And this is probably because of what we were going through at the time when I was pregnant with Ferris. Um, I don't remember the doctor. I do know that it wasn't my doctor that gave birth to, that helped me uh, give birth to Ferris because I gave birth in Long Beach where that was, that's not where my primary doctor was. Remember my water broke and they sent me from the emergency room to the hospital. Um, And so I don't remember who the doctor was. I don't even remember what the doctor's office for Ferris was that I was going to, I, I tell you the, the time I was pregnant with Ferris, we were living in Compton. I hated it. It was a bad time in our marriage. Um, and so these are the things that I'm talking about. Like, I don't remember whether I pushed it far back and, and didn't want to remember. I don't know. It was probably like a free clinic. Cause again, teen parents, I wasn't working. My husband was, so you do the math. We don't come from a rich family. We didn't have grow up with a golden spoon in our mouth or a silver spoon, or whatever we want to call it. Um, so when I had Larissa, we had moved back. I talked about, we moved from Compton back to Northridge, the Valley, um, in the same apartment complex that we were living in first. That's so funny. And we had moved from that apartment to two previous apartments before we ended in Compton. So that was a very, when we moved back, we moved back to that apartment, same apartment complex. I want to say it was Roscoe Boulevard was what it was. Reseda or Roscoe Boulevard. But it was right across the street from Northridge Hospital. So I ended up going back to that um, doctor's office and the female doctor that I had, I remember the way she looks. I remember the, her hair, the color of her hair, her tone and her voice, her her just her care for me as a patient was phenomenal. The way she loved on the boys was absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. So with that traumatic like birthing experience, giving birth to Larissa, I was in great hands. I felt at ease. This was the first delivery that I felt at ease. Eric was traumatic because of I was super young. I was still young. I was 22 when I had Larissa. 22, I believe, when I had Larissa. Yeah, 22. I was still young, right? Still young. I wasn't a teen anymore, but I was still a young mom. Um, it was one of the best birthing experiences that I've ever had the care um, that she had. I remember her when she would come check on Larissa and how loving she was with her and how loving she was with the boys. I wanted her to be like my doctor forever and ever and ever and the kid's doctor forever and ever and ever. And she was just OBGYN. She wasn't even a pediatrician, but she should have been. She should have been both. I don't know if we could do both, but she was amazing. I absolutely loved her. 
actually have a picture of her holding Larissa. Um, she was really sweet. But we had Larissa. Um, Larissa came into this world and it was the five of us. And when I was talking to my sister the other day, um, Cindy, she had asked if I was going to talk about Eddie and Michael. Eddie and Michael are not my biological kids. Eddie and Michael are foster children that we brought into our home probably a couple of months after we had Larissa. Again, I can't give you the exact time. Darnell will probably be able to tell me the exact like yearage, year or timeline that we brought them into our home. Um, my husband has a had a stepmom. His parents are divorced, and then he has a stepmom and a stepdad from each side. And his dad's wife, which is his stepmom, um, raised a good chunk of her sister's kids. And when she passed away, two of the boys didn't have anywhere to go. And my husband decided to take on the responsibility. Mind you, we had Larissa, we had Eric, and we had Ferris. If I go back and do the math, they were very young. <laughs> very, very young. Um, God, I wish I would have did the math before I recorded this, this podcast. <clears throat> Anyways, so... In the midst of having this family and being a wife at a young age, we brought in two teenage, preteen, preteen, yeah, preteen, teenage, preteen boys. <laughs> and I, I, I was barely making it as a mother. Were my kids happy? Were they healthy? Were things good? Yes. <laughs> but again, young mom, let's keep saying that. And we bring in two preteen boys that come with, and I hate to say this, but it's true. It's hard to say this, but it's true. A lot of baggage. And I'm not just talking about losing their, what they called mom. Um, I'm talking about history of damage and a lot of stuff that we had to take on. Uh, therapy appointments, psychology appointments, psychiatry appointments, uh, medications, things of that nature. And we were living in a two bedroom house at the time, two bedroom, not house, sorry, two bedroom, two bedroom apartment. And we were told, I remember sitting there with the social worker when she came to visit so we could make the decision if we were going to take them in. And I could, I told my sister the other day, I was numb, numb when we were talking about this conversation. When I get a flashback, a visual flashback of what that was, I see myself like a statue just sitting there. Like, what the fuck is happening? I don't think we can handle this. But I didn't speak up. I wasn't a verbal person. I didn't speak up for myself. I was very, um, just did what needed to be done. Like, I I didn't really voice my opinions on a lot of things. Um, I did what made a lot of other people happy. Uh, so I was like, okay, and signed the paperwork. And... I remember being told that our kids would have to be out of their bedroom. So again, we're in a two bedroom. 
time Marissa was a baby. So her crib was in our room. And then the boys had their own room. And they had bunk beds and, you know, they shared a room, which is fine because they were young. They were little. <sighs> we were told that they couldn't share the room with my children. They had to have their own separate space. That shit was hard to swallow. That was insane, right? And so we took them in and that is a whole nother episode for a whole nother time. But I just want you to imagine 22 years old. Okay. Potentially 23 because yeah, it was probably 23. Just had turned 23. Just had a baby. And then I have two toddlers. Well, probably not toddlers. One was considered a toddler. The other one, I really need to do the math. I want to say... Eric, so if they're three, Eric was probably five, so that makes Ferris three, three or, I don't know. Anyways, very young, and then here come two preteens with a lot that has to be done because when you're a foster parent, you have to do a lot, and by law, there are things that you have to do. So a lot of it was on me because my husband worked, and at this time, I was working when I was pregnant with Larissa. I had started working prior to actually having Larissa. I started going back to work. So I want to say Eric was already in school. So he had to be five. He was in kindergarten. And then Xavier, not Xavier, sorry. Ferris was in daycare, like down the street from my house, a little home daycare. I remember that lady. She was so sweet. Um, so after I had Larissa, I had lost my job. And then I became a stay-at-home mom again. And I was raising all these kids. <laughs> this is why I say, and I'm laughing because if I don't laugh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> if I don't laugh, I'm probably going to scream. I don't know how the fuck I'm here today. I still say that like the amount of stuff, there's not a long enough podcast episode. It would be like 50 episodes probably or more about all the details about what we've been through as parents as a married couple as just people is absolutely insane it's absolutely fucking insane Ooh. so larissa was born november 30th of 2000 she was the y2k baby you know when they were like the world is gonna crash the internet's gonna crash systems are gonna crash nothing is gonna work on january 1st of 2000 like it was insane i was working for a parts company it was called capacitor associates and they went and like all these companies were buying into all these new softwares and new programming where your stuff wasn't crying shit did not happen nothing happened <laughs> fucking shit so this is a y2k baby it's so funny because every year she turns the year that you know it is so this year she'll turn 23 2023 so yeah it's pretty neat but anyways I can't remember where I went back to work. Where I went back to work, really, Melanie? If and when I went back to work and where I worked at after that. I can't. I can't remember. But anyway, so that is up to baby number three, child number three. <laughs> I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear if you had any questions for me regarding anything. No question um, 
I'll take all questions, all questions. You can email me the, our email is in the description in this episode. You can send me a voice message. That's also there. You can follow me on TikTok and Instagram. I absolutely love to hear your feedback or get questions for you, as I keep saying. But I hope you guys enjoyed this particular episode. Again, this is part two of becoming a teen mom at 15 years old. In the next episode, I will talk a little bit more about the in-between between Larissa and Xavier and then give you Xavier's birthing story and <laughs> him coming into our world. Because mind you, just a little sneak peek, a little tidbit, I'll give you a little something. I wasn't supposed to have any more kids after we had Larissa. I was told by the doctors not to get pregnant again uh, because most likely what happened with Larissa will happen with another child and it may be worse. So we'll talk about that in part three of becoming a teen mom at 15. And with that being said, I hope you guys have a fantastic week on whatever day you're listening to. I hope it's a joyful day for you. Um, again, thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart for listening. I'm going to finish my glass of wine, edit this podcast and take my ass to bed. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye guys.